Coming up on this episode of Abundantly Charged, Jill and I speak with Jeannie Shannon. Don't go away. Welcome to the premiere season of Abundantly Charged. We're your hosts, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and Jill Lewis, CEO of Brilliance and Beyond. In this season, we'll mix interviews and great conversations with in-depth thinking around key social and emotional skills we need as educators to keep us fully prepared to successfully navigate the demands of teaching and leading in the 21st century classrooms. The demands of the educational system have never been stronger. While we all know we need transformative change to revolutionize this troubled system, ensuring our own high-powered social and emotional skills will help each of us navigate these changes while developing these critical skills in our students, too. Join us as we explore how we remain abundantly charged. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Abundantly Charged. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler. And I'm Jill Lewis. And together, Grant and I are very excited to welcome you to this episode of Abundantly Charged. In this episode, we'll talk with Jeannie Shannon, motivator, influencer, and leader of a large organization. As you listen to Jeannie, you'll find many nuggets in how to build relationships through curiosity, active listening, and a number of ways that allow you and others to remain abundantly charged. In our last episode, we spoke about Dr. Henry Cloud's work in Corner 4 Relationships and how that develops a sense of bravery, courage, and growth mindset. Jeannie, you work with adults in various settings, as a co-director of a social selling company, in sports medicine, as an athletic trainer, and even a teacher for 17 years before moving into that social selling aspect. You are not necessarily currently in the public education system. However, the social and emotional component of building relationships with others is important in every aspect of life, every company, and certainly education. So I thought, Jeannie, we'd start with a loaded question. So how do you build relationships? Tell us a little bit about the kinds of processes that you use. Well, it certainly is a loaded relationship. I'm not sure if I would, if, if, if I'm necessarily connected to a process, but I think the important thing of building relationships is first you have to build the relationship with yourself and the relationship with yourself is, um, you know, it, it is, is a direct correlation to the relationships that you have with others. And what underpins all of that is curiosity. So, um, and I think it's just really important to meet people where they're at. And if you have those curiosity skills to do that and listening skills to do that, um, you you really can be a servant leader. When you talk about curiosity, can you just just so that we everybody understands and we're all on the same on the, on the same field? What are you talking about there? That is a great question. Seeing as though it's it's about being curious. So you know, <laughs> I think. We ask people all the time, um, you know, in some of the trainings that I do, you know, are you naturally curious? And I think sometimes our knee-jerk response or perhaps reaction is, of course, I'm naturally curious. But if you really took the time to um, 
you know, to be present in, in the relationships or the interactions that you have, I would venture to guess that most of us um, are probably not naturally curious. Um, and I think it really starts with, you know, being curious with ourselves. So um, being curious with ourselves, it really starts with, you know, for me, it's the woman in the mirror. <clears throat> you know, what is it that I want out of relationships of my life, whether it's a relationship with my husband or my kids? How can I bring another person into, you know, my relationship? Uh, I think sometimes people get, um, you know, we've talked about this in education all the time where, um, you know, we often can feel like sometimes the questions that we ask ourselves can take us to shame. Um, sometimes the questions that other people ask us can take us to shame, which immediately takes us into the amygdala where we, at that point, we have no opportunity to build relationship. That's a podcast for another time. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the invite. Yeah. Yeah. So when we think about that curiosity, I loved how you said, how do it, how am I going to invite people in? So it's almost even that transcendency to myself, but then to others. And who do I want to invite in to create those types of relationships with others? Yeah. I mean, I think you know, I could ask you, Jill, like, who are the people that you would want to invite into, you know, build relationships with? I mean, it's obviously, we have lots of different levels and depths of relationships. Is it our immediate family, our friends, our community? What do those relationships look like? Um, uh, you know, I think authenticity plays a huge role in that. I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to, you know, um, I'm not going to do the same for every single relationship that I have. But I think where curiosity comes in is, um, you know, if I'm asking great questions and, and ultimately, regardless of, of whether you're having a conversation with your husband or your kids or a friend, you know, I'm asking questions to uncover, you know, maybe it's uncovering a need. Maybe it's uncovering something that I can, you know, not to fix, but to, you know, to, to meet them where they are. And not just assume, we do a heck of a job of assuming a lot of things in relationship. And I think, you know, the, the antidote to that is curiosity all day long. I was sitting on the airplane. Um, I was headed out to work in schools down in the D Dallas area this week. And um, that curiosity question kept popping into my head. I was sitting in the middle seat and there were these two women on the side of me, both from just different walks of life. And um, through that conversation, and saying, just thinking like, how do I, what do I want to show up as? How do I want to get to know two women that I'm sitting by for just like the next hour and 39 minutes, right? And it was so fascinating because the personality that came out of both women, it was just an immediate connection between the three of us. And one of the ladies, actually her husband, um, he was a minister for the Thunderbirds. And they were in visiting some friends and family, and she was just full of all these incredible stories and had so many great nuggets of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't curious about just asking the questions of her or just bringing that out there, I wouldn't have been able to have had just a quick, deep-rooted connection with her. I mean, it was just, she, we exchanged numbers, we, ex you know, just... It, it was just fascinating to see just by being even just a smidge of curious or having that smidge of curiosity, mm -hmm. it just opened up such an array of 
of communication and sharing of experience. Connection, because mm-hmm. I would imagine you, you know, the way you showed up was that's what she responded to and felt comfortable, you know, sharing her story with you. So I think that's amazing. And it's, you know, we are, then that's what we're wired for. We are wired for this type of connection. And if we, you know, if, if we're not curious, those relationships will stay at the surface level. Um, And so if I'm not naturally curious, and by the way, I am, but if I'm not naturally curious, how do I build that? How do I, how do I, how do I become a more curious person to help, you know, with, uh, with relationship building? What do I do to, how do I ignite that curiosity candle? I love that. Well, first, like I said, I think I've said it twice now is just starting with yourself. And I think that's the hardest place, you know, that's the hardest place to be is when you're looking in the mirror and and being self-curious because it can either take us to a place, like I said, of shame or disconnect, um, or it can really allow us to show up, be present how we want. So, you know, and and I, you know, I'll throw this out as a, as a, you know, a a way in which we we ask ourselves questions because I I oftentimes find and most of the time I'm working with women, but they'll say, why can't I do this? Or why don't I do it like this? Or why can't I just pull up my bootstraps and do this? And um, oftentimes that why question is the question that kind of takes us down into the negative place, as opposed to saying, what is it about X, Y, Z? Do I find challenging? So it, it is sort of that going into a little more curious place with some, you know, just, you know, with some care for yourself. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think we have to start there. I think that's what begins to help build our relationships. Um, like I said, you know, building the relationship with yourself is, um, you know, that's, it's integral to the relationship directly correlated to the relationships you have with others. You know, if you, you can't have a deep relationship with yourself, it's going to be pretty difficult to have or go deep with others. And then I just say, staying with the story when you're asking questions, I think sometimes, sometimes our natural tendency is to want to fix anybody, anybody <laughs> ever find themselves in that place. Well, here, this is what, here, I have whatever I have, what's going to take to, you know, to fix this because that's, I mean, it's human nature to want to fix, encourage people to stay with the story, you know, stay with that story and ask more questions, go a little bit deeper. And I'm not saying, you know, you're asking 20 questions. I mean, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, so you really are just um, listening, you know, being just being authentic and fun. I imagine Jill, you were having such a fun time, you know, <laughs> interacting with that woman on the plane. That of course you were going to ask more questions because you're fascinated, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're genuinely curious about the story and and her story and her husband. So. You know, Jeannie, that brings up so many different things as we equate it to what we know about ourselves and what we know about education and how often teachers do have to ask those questions of students. But I'm thinking even as we think about colleagues within the building, what does that, you know, as as you laid out, asking yourself those questions, staying with the story. So when something does happen and, and teachers are trying to share information with leadership or leadership's trying to share and they're asking those questions and they're getting curious about that, 
it's going to be really important to use those different types of questions to stay with the story and not be afraid to keep asking. Yeah. And, and I, that I think is going to make a huge difference, especially as we think about finishing up this school year and moving into the other school years. And then of course, over the course of the pandemic um, and how we really are in still in survival mode, but how do we kind of move from that survival mode and continue to build relationships? Um, that's going to be also kind of one of those tricky pieces too, I think. Oh, undoubtedly, because nobody, nobody has a felt sense of what that's going to be like. You know, we are all forging new ground in everything we do. And, um, you know, again, I think as, as adults, we tend to not want to ask questions for fear of looking stupid, for fear of not having the answer, for fear of, you know, comparing to others, for fear of showing up and somebody looking at us, judging us. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that's the invitation, (laughs) you know, like we could go in and assume all day long because we're afraid to ask those questions, but going in and just saying, help me understand, you know, what, what do we think that this is going to look like in the next month? You know, what, help me understand, you know, your perspective as an administrator, what's your perspective as a teacher? How is it, help me understand what we think that that's going to look like as we, you know, work together to, to, you know, really finish this year out strong in a way that we can learn something from this experience keep our kids connected, keep us connected as um, colleagues. You know, I think it's there's just so powerful, you know, and I think we all have our own sense of belief right now, which is can be painful and hard. And mm-hmm. I think when we can remain curious, we can all be on the same page or at least learn from each other. I think being willing to learn from each other, right. When, we we seem to be living and watching a society that doesn't really want to be kind to one another. So how do we bridge that gap so that we can be curious and want to learn from one another? Because boy, we would be so much better off if if that was our approach. Well, and it just begs the question, Grant. I love that because to me, like right there, it just begged the question, like, okay, so Grant, tell me what you need. You know, what do you need in this time? Jill, what do you need? What do you need to get us, you know, if you're asking a principal or, a, you know, in a staff meeting, group of teachers, you know, what do you need? What do you need from each other to get to the end of the school year feeling like, all right, we made it and we're going to continue to move forward because you're right. It is a, it is a, um, certainly a challenging time and we're having a difficult time being willing to see here others' perspectives and being willing to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And to be okay with that, right? To, to, to have those different opinions and to, to, to still respect the humanity mm-hmm. of the person, even if they have an opinion. Although everybody's opinion should be like mine. I just would like to go on record. But if they're not, then we should still be able to respect the humanity uh, that owns those other opinions, right? Well, and I think to get there is really, you know, that's where that, again, I mean, I, again, the the curiosity underpins all of that, you know, help me understand where you came to that conclusion. I'd love to know more of your perspective. You know, it's a genuine care for somebody else's perspective that you may not agree with, you know, but again, so often we want to take back the story and prove to you that my perspective is right. 
You know, this is not about right or wrong. This is about, you know, can we be, you know, can we move forward together? Yeah. Jeannie, you talked, a, a, you mentioned a little bit about listening and how important it is, you know, to listen and not take back that story. And what we also know is that relationships have all of their ups and downs. You know, you can have the strongest relationship ever, but there's still going to be some ups and downs. And um, there's going to be need times where, where it needs to be repaired or rebuilt. Um, what do you do to do that? Uh, you know, I know that we've talked a little bit about that curiosity and, and focusing in on how curiosity, I'm assuming, would also help that uh, part of it. But what do you do when you repair or rebuild? And especially thinking about from a large organization, there's lots of lots of different types of perspectives that you have to manage per se and hear and make decisions in that way that really is inclusive yet is for the best of the company or the organization that you're working with such a good question it's really good i mean i think is if you you know if we start with the rupture if there is a rupture in of itself in the relationship or you know from globally perspective um I think managing the emotions first, because we can emotionally react. Um, and I say react because, you know, that will shut down communication and it'll shut down curiosity. So I think, again, being really curious, what's happening in me, what's happening right now that's prompting me to, you know, want to be reactive or to emotionally respond to this. So maybe you, you know, take a moment, gather your thoughts. I think sometimes, um, you know, I, I see a lot of this. <laughs> I grew up with this, throw up the hands, walk out the door. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think we all can have a tendency to just, you know, forget it, just throw it up and walk out. Cause it's, it's too much. We're stuck now back here and we're too emotionally triggered. Um, And I might be going in a little too deep here, but the point is, I think the, you know, identifying the rupture, being willing to, you know, be curious about where it's coming from, how we're responding to it so that you can, there can be repair and, um, you know, where you are gleaning perspective from, you know, in my, in my experience with my organization, you know, the organization that I happen to, I get on the phone and talk to, you know, I'll talk to women, understand their perspective, help me understand where you're coming from, empathize, Right. You know, I mean, I think, you know, empathy is a lost art Um, and, you know, really helping them to know that they are seen, they are heard and, um, and then being able to move toward repair. And, you know, if it's, if it's a disagreement, it's a, you know, I understand where you're feeling. I can, I can understand how that, that could be challenging. I can understand how that might be hurtful. Um, I'm going to share a perspective from a culture, you know, here's why it's important as a, from a culture perspective from our company. And so hopefully, you know, you meet them where they are, you um, empathize um, They're They feel like, okay, I'm being seen, I'm being heard, you know, then they are, they're less likely to tap out. Hmm. Hmm. So rupture, identify the rupture, I guess, take a moment empathize, listen, that's the hard part. You know, when someone's, when someone's 
angrier, where there's a rupture, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to listen without defending. And, and that is such a, that is such a practice. Um, you know, I, I would just encourage, you know, encourage everybody the next time you have some sort of a rupture, whether it's with your husband or your kids, like just find yourself, you know, where do you go? Like, I think, again, we, we have this tendency to want to defend, you know, and it just shuts down curiosity, shuts down the, the ability to repair and move forward. There were four things that you laid out right there. The rupture, manage your emotions, um, empathy, and then listening. I mean, right there, it's this four different things that I can do in the moment that are that is one easy to remember, but every single one of those is so incredibly powerful. And especially that last one, allowing people to know that they're seen and heard. Because once you do that, then you can move to repair. Well, I'm sure, Grant, that you found that as a building administrator, you know, how important that was to not only build relationship with your staff, but to build trust mm-hmm. and, you know, really grow that relationship. Because, you know, I mean, how many buildings have you been in when it's the teachers versus the administration and it's those unique buildings? You're like, what is it about this building? What is it about the relationship between the administration and the staff, the teachers that just works? It just clicks. And, you know, nine times out of 10, it's because, you know what? I know that Grant cares about me. I know that he, he appreciates me as an educator. I know that he sees that I do good work. He listens to me. He trusts the work that I do with kids. He knows that I love my job. I love being here. And, you know, I mean, I watched my dad do that for, you know, a long, long time. And he was an excellent, he was an excellent principal. And, you know, and, and listening authentically and being there in your authentic self and listening because you want to, not because you're trying to get something out of it, (laughs) right. Win a war or whatever Uh, that is, uh, that, that takes time. That takes, you you have to, you have to be willing to spend the time to to build and or repair those relationships. Yeah. And it can be done, you know. I've seen some people throw up their hands after a rupture and I've seen a lot of really beautiful repair happen when, you know, two people are in it and willing to to come to it, come to the table. And you know, and the the thing that, of course, and I'm just trying to make this obvious for for people who are listening, and that is that the 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 connections between really being self aware, right, and you know the the fact that you talked about you know starting the relationship by looking in the mirror, <laughs> right, yeah. and then that's also important to in you know you've said it just a different way in repairing or rebuilding a relationship that also starts with looking in the mirror. So uh, I think that's just a really, a really cool connection be, between, between those two pieces. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think about that's such an important piece and self-awareness or just awareness in and of itself. Cause it, it, it just, it, it brings, you know, it highlights what, what is there, what's getting in the way and, and then how you can move forward. The more aware you can be, the more intentional you can be about whatever that is, the relationship, what the, you know, their, your goals, but 
you know, without that awareness, we're going to stay, you know, we just stay level. We st- well, and you, you talked, Jeannie, too, about two of the main, you know, two of the core aspects of social and emotional learning. And right off the gate, it was self-awareness and then self-management of those emotions. Just boom, all of those come right into play when you're building relationships, when you're maintaining relationships as well. Some places too, it comes into place where there's self-advocacy. And so how is it that through that maintaining and even building and repairing relationships, that self-advocacy comes into play? Being able to ask for what you need. And oftentimes that's hard, you know, for kids, for uh, as we grow into adulthood, that's, that's, that's hard for a lot of us to do. I mean, if, I mean, clearly we want to get to a place, whether we're young, young student or in our adulthood and with colleagues is to be able to work in a team where you do feel comfortable, where you do feel safe. And I think that those are the areas where when a, when a colleague, an educator, a professional feels safe in an environment where they feel supported, they feel seen, they feel heard, um, then certainly I think that the ability to, to ask for what you need without fear of judgment, without, you know, and it's not so much hearing no, I mean, because, you know, that's going to happen. You have to be able to respond to that. But, but I think that, you know, fear of being shut down, fear of, of the um, judgment, you know, I think when you have a really safe environment, um, it's probably key to being able to voice what you need professionally. So Jeannie, as a leader of an organization of roughly 4,000 people, um, there's lots to do to advocate and there's lots to balance. Knowing that relationships are critical to the organization, obviously, what are three ways that you maintain balance as you venture down this journey in that leadership capacity? Um, well, I think first and foremost, it's always like, what is my guiding light? You know, what is my true North? Um, and you know, everything we do is through the lens of, you know, our culture and that is, you know, our creed, which is, you know, changing lives through building relationships, you know, affecting lives through relationships. So, um, and, and so again, whether it's a training component, whether it's a, communicating with whether it's, you know, anything we're doing, uh, I think through the lens of continuing to build culture um, has to be, is, is always at the, the foundation of that. It's pretty tough to, if you don't, if you don't build culture right away, if you don't stay true in your culture, it's pretty tough to go to backtrack and try to build culture after that. Um, and that's what I could say without a doubt, you know, as we have grown as a company, that we have always stayed true to our culture, affecting lives through relationship, relationships first. So, so as a as a leader, because I know a lot of times it crosses over to into personal as well as the professional realm. Oh, how it, that without a doubt. I mean, I, I don't think you can compartmentalize that at all. I mean, you're a human being, so of course you can't you know, this is what I do at work. This is what I do at home, you know, because your, um, you know, your behaviors that you do when nobody is looking, you know, are, are going to eventually be the behaviors that show to the outside world. 
world. So, um, you know, I think again, um, when I talk about balance, it is, um, you know, always looking in the mirror and, um, maintaining that sense of boundary. You know, I think if I'm, if I'm available 24 seven, anytime, seven days a week, um, eventually I will resent that, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's important to build in those areas of rest because if I'm not leading myself well, I will never lead anybody else well. And that's, and that looks different for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? Um, some people can go, go, go. You know, I know what I need to make sure that I'm leading myself well. And, you know, I think I've learned through, I mean, I've skinned my knees for many years. <laughs> you know, I think we all have. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of learning and growing. I think it's just fascinating that no matter where we go in this conversation, that we end up back at the mirror, right? No matter no matter what the little subtopic is of this great conversation and, you know, listening to you talk is very, very interesting. Um, and you lead us back to the mirror every single time. And, you know, yet I know that there are a lot of people that um, avoid, <laughs> avoid the metaphorical mirror, you know, uh, and that aren't necessarily as self-aware, uh, deeply self-aware is that they, they, that they probably could be. And yet then think about the limitations that are out there when we start talking about, you know, relationships and curiosity and repairing relationships and mm-hmm. building relationships and supporting all of the, you know, as, as well as advocating for yourself and balance. It's just, for me, very interesting that we, it begins and ends at what I think is for a lot of people, a very difficult place to be uh, in front of the mirror. Yeah. So then I think the question is, what is it about being self-curious that is so challenging? It's not why, right? It's what is it about being self-curious that I find challenging? I love that. Well, I do, why, I do. why don't people, yeah, I mean, you could just ask like, what is it? Why don't people go to the mirror? And more often than not, it's because I don't like what I see. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to stay there. I mean, I could not like what I see, you know, but until we uncover that, until we name it, you know, until we're like, oh, this is really what's getting in my way. All these limiting beliefs, you know, until we can name that, you know, or be aware, then we can reframe what that sounds like. Right, Jill? Reframe That's it. right. Reframe it yeah. completely. Well, Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today in this episode of Abundantly Charged. We're really, really glad that you took time out of your very busy schedule to uh to to lead us back to the mirror. Oh, well thank you. It was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed being with you both. Very much so. Abundantly charged means not only having developed strong social and emotional skills, but also having the ability to recharge and continuously grow our abilities when the demands in our lives and on our profession as educators seem to drain them. In essence, we must have the ability to remain abundantly charged.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Abundantly Charged. New episodes drop every Tuesday afternoon beginning January 18th and running through March 22nd. We'll take a break and then return with Season 2 in mid-April. Abundantly Charged is a production of Students Matter, LLC, and Brilliance and Beyond, LLC. Our show's theme music, Something Different, was written and performed by Reve and obtained through Soundstripe.com. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss an episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it could also be found on our website at abundantly-charged.captivate.fm slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you like. Until next time, remember, let's remain abundantly charged.